have your attention for a few moments, please. You may unfasten your seat belts and smoke if you wish. Ashtrays are provided in the arm of your chair together with a lever to recline your seat. Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a bonus episode supporting ZineQuest. Sarah from Mixum joins me to discuss their paper and printing options. Because the subject is very specific in nature, I decided to make this a standalone episode. I do recommend that you go to their website and order their free sample packet. Without further ado, let's get rambling. Welcome, Sarah. Yes. Hi. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining me. There's a lot of questions uh, regarding uh, publishing and printing of, of zines, but I guess before we get started, uh, do you have any RPG experiences? Yes. So the I got introduced uh, via video games. I was very into Dragon Age, Mass Effect, you know, all the classic classic RPGs. Yeah. Um, and now in terms of um, games, I do tabletop RPGs. Um, I've run a couple of one shots. I play D and D every week. Um, so what? <laughs> so what do you use for one shots? Like, is there a certain um, system? Yeah, there's some like mini games that people have come up with um, where it's just very simple. You're using, you know, your D6 die and that's that's pretty much all you need. Um, we've done a Christmas one where we had to fight Santa Claus. That was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Simple, simple RPGs. Um, yeah, because I mean, back in the day, it was it, RPGs were just thick tomes written in dense prose. Yes. And <laughs> And now it's like people are, like you say, like lasers and feelings can come out in just two pages and you can run a game and everybody yeah. has fun and you don't need to get deeply invested and try and work out all this sort of nonsense that, you know, we did back in the day. So, it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, d d still, it, it's a little tone like um, they're always coming out with new books and I can never keep up. But <laughs> yes, well, and I think the thing is, is the more people that are in the hobby, uh, the more options start coming out and more choices. Yeah. And it's become it's really become amazing just to me in the last 10 years is how much the hobby has has evolved. Yeah. And so many more people are getting involved with it, too, which I think is just great. Like, it's not, you know there was this stigma that like only nerds can play this game. And, and now I'm like with one of my buddies and he works out like 30 hours a week or something ridiculous. And he plays with us regularly. So it's just great how it's expanding. Yeah. And I think in a, in a lot of ways, I've realized just how democratic it is as far as everybody and anybody, because you can go to a game convention and you can be gaming next to a person who could be an actual scientist yeah <laughs> and another guy next to you or who maybe is running the game delivers uh, uh water softeners for a living yeah and everybody yeah and we all and, and even my gaming group is pretty diverse as far as ages and and um, sexes and such so it's just like it never used to be that way but now it's like we all can gather we, it doesn't matter our political leanings doesn't matter mm -hmm. all these other socioeconomic backgrounds we can all just get together and have fun and uh, and just have a good time together, which that's too bad we that can't happen more often. Yeah. In this world. It's true, but you know, twenty twenty is nearly over, yeah, so hopefully soon. <laughs> so the reason I had you on is uh, with Zine Quest coming up, many people are going to be printing out zines and uh, and mix them. Am I pronounce it right? Is it mix them? Mix am. Mix am. Okay. <laughs> so, so mix am. Uh, 
gets brought up quite a bit and um in the website navigating to the website um and through the options it seems pretty clear i mean it's pretty pretty well set up i mean this is a very slick interface uh, i was able to run through so my what i'm planning on doing is printing out three different zines mm -hmm. and um the different uh, page counts and i was able to put all three of them into my cart and be able to see what my total price would be very very simple very slick um, but I think what what's kind of can be confusing um, for those just starting like myself mm -hmm. is that there are a number of uh, paper types. Yeah. So we have paper types for covers and also for the, the, the main body. So can you explain to me what the difference is for at least the the body text, I mean body text, the, the main body of the book, what's the difference between satin gloss and uncoated? Yeah, so um, satin is usually the option that we suggest. If you're not sure what to go with, go with satin. Um, it's not as shiny as gloss, which isn't good for every project and not everyone really wants that good shine or sheen to a piece of paper. So it has a slight sheen to it. Um, and I'm sure you can take a look at it in your examples, but there are also, um, I have this book here. So you can kind of see it has like a little bit of shine to it, but it's not super glossy. Um, and it's really great for artwork. Um, I feel it's probably the better of the papers. I'm not super into gloss. So <laughs> um, yeah, so the satin's a really good choice. Gloss is, you know, your typical kind of magazine worthy. Um, you know, photo books also are usually with gloss paper. Um, and both satin and gloss are coated papers. So they're treated and they have a special coating on them, which um, the ink sits on top of and gives it a uh, good saturation and color. Um, okay. But uncoated doesn't have any sort of coating to it. Similar to, um, you know, how uh, you know, printer paper feels or um, your kind of typical drawing paper. It doesn't have a coating on it. It's great for, you know, coloring books and things like that. But in terms of if you have a lot of photos or illustrations, um, the ink can be absorbed into the paper because it doesn't have that coating on top of it. And so what happens is uh, blacks can become a little bit duller, things can appear less saturated, and that's just because it's kind of uncoated and the ink gets absorbed a bit more. Yeah, and looking, so if you, for those listening, uh, you can send in for samples and Mixam uh, puts out three different sample packs with those three different paper types. One is, uh, very obviously like a traditional zine with the uncoated, but the, the satin, um, the, the example used is uh, a comic book. So in many ways, kind of think about more as a modern comic book with the trade paperbacks that kind of feel and look. So it does have, you're right, because it's kind of got that, that in between where it doesn't come across as being, you know, a super shiny uh, book, but it, it, feel, it does feel, I agree, it does feel very nice. So uh, then for the... Um, for the covers, there's an, you don't have to have a cover. By cover, I think it's just implying that you can choose a different weight for the cover because you can. Yes. So um, interior paper comes in text weight. So that is just traditionally on the thinner side. So the lower the number in the pound, the thinner it is, the higher the number, the thicker it is. So 
the um, what you can choose on our website. So you can choose the paper type and the text weight. So 70 pound is our thinnest. Um, for this example, this is actually 80 pound in here. So it's kind of thin. You can sort of hear the flapping of it, right. <laughs> um, but it's still uh, pretty, you know, thicker than um, normal magazine worthy paper. So it's a little bit on the thicker side in terms of if you were gonna pick up like a tabloid from the store. Um, so it's not gonna tear or anything easily. Um, and then for the cover weight paper, it is just traditionally thicker. Um, and if you want to have, you know, your cover differentiate from your interior pages and you want something more substantial, then you can add a cover weight. And then that begins at 80 pound um, going up to 130, which is our thickest. Now, because you're going by weight, and it's hard for me to tell, but it, it seems like comparing the papers that an uncoated feels maybe a little bit thicker than the coated for the same weight. Is that true? Yeah, uh, for uncoated, they usually, you know, what they lack in coating, they make up for in just substance alone. So it is traditionally a little bit thicker than, um, say, the satin or the gloss papers, but it still comes with the same kind of price of you're sort of sacrificing color and depth and contrast um, with an uncoated paper as opposed to the satin or gloss. Yeah, it doesn't feel flimsy, it just, but it does feel different. I mean, it really does play a big um, part as far as the, the, the experience goes. So maybe I'm, I'm probably jumping ahead, but a little bit, but sure. so is there any, I guess, you know, when we're pushing a file there, is there any concerns about like, do you, when you print black, is it black or does there need to be something done to keep blacks black or does it, does black change between the coated and the non-coated? Yeah, so normally, um, you know, if you use your standard black in any sort of, um, you know, our program, it's usually going to be your 100% black. That's still going to print out black, um, but what you're probably going to notice when you upload it to the website and when you're, you know, checking your artwork and things is that it's not going to look as deep as you're hoping it will. Um, and that's two things, usually. Um, it's First, we're changing the color mode to CMYK. And for those who don't know, a lot of times um, when you're working on artwork on a computer, it's going to be an RGB, red, green, blue. That's traditional for screens. For printing, we use CMYK, uh, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. Um, and so since there's that fourth color field, it can kind of change the look of what it looks like on our website since we do um, digital proofing as right. opposed to you know, actual printout proofing. So it's gonna look a little bit duller, less saturated, less contrasty because we're in a different color mode. Um, the other thing is that a lot of artists actually end up um, doing rich black, which is a CMYK breakdown of, I believe it's like 60, 40, 40 in the 100 or something. And it usually gets a much deeper, richer black. Um, you know, different artists have different breakdowns. You can look it up on Google. <laughs> Everyone okay, has so their preference. <laughs> but it it traditionally does print out a lot deeper and a lot darker. Black is still going to be black, but if you have 100% black and then rich black next to each other, you'll definitely be able to see the difference. Is it because you're mixing pigments to get the black? Is that what the reason is? 
Yeah, you're adding more colors into the actual black breakdown as opposed to relying on the 100% black that the printer uses. Um, so yeah, traditionally with art, you know, adding more color into darker things to create a darker color, it has a lot more depth than say just taking your black charcoal and you know going at it. Right. So same similar concept in printing. So does does black look differently? And the reason I'm kind of belaboring <laughs> is that a lot of people may be doing black, just strictly black and white zine. So sure. rather than a color. So like so 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 black will appear differently also with the between the, the coded and the non-coded because uh, one's getting soaked in the paper and one's not. But is this, yeah. but is the blackness going to change, or is it still going to be? Is it still going to be that 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 because being printed on top of the that coating, it's still it's going to have a, a richer feel to it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely with the uncoated, it's going to absorb into a bit. It's going to look more like a you know ninety five percent black as opposed to a hundred percent black, and that's only something you're really going to notice if you you know printed it on one on a coated paper and one on an uncoated paper, you would definitely see that difference. With it by itself, it's probably not going to be that obvious. Um, so it's just something to keep in mind. And like with the coated papers, the, the black sits on top of um, that coating. So it'll be a lot richer, deeper, darker. And so going back to paperweights, um, not paperweights, but paperweights. The, uh, <laughs> yes. So there's there's quite a bit of different I mean, variation. And so there's you mentioned um, so for uncoated you can go from fifty pound to a hundred pound. And, yes. And it looks like in in ten pound increments. Mm -hmm. The others it's like seventy, eighty, a hundred. So yes. is and I, I I mentioned this before. I brought up in the I brought up in the website is you can the limits that are put into this website for building a uh, a zine or uh, a booklet can actually allow you to put more paper than is reasonable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess the question I'd have is kind of based on weights, based on look strictly a, a booklet, a zine format. What's weight wise, and I'm not sure how much weight also plays into that formula. So what's what's a good maximum, would you say, guideline for the number of pages that that should be, uh, you know, uh, maximum number of pages that should be in the zine? Yeah, so we can go up to 400 pages if you really want to. Um, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> um, things will definitely change the um, higher you go up in pages. So the type of binding is going to change most notably. So the higher you go up, the more likelihood you're going to have to use our perfect binding. Um, so for this book example that I keep bringing up, it has a spine. Yep. Um, it's just a paper spine. Um, so I think it's when you go past like 80 or so pages, 60 to 80 pages around there, depending on the weight of the paper, um, you'll be forced to do the perfect binding. So um, you can choose staple up until that point. Um, and in terms of weights, it really depends on what 
you're okay with, I guess. <laughs> so traditionally the thinner papers have what's called a transparency effect. So basically if you have, you know, a lot of illustrations or, you know, big blocks of color, things like that, you will kind of, as a page is laying on top of another page, you'll sort of be able to see through it in certain lighting to the next page. So if that's something you don't mind in terms of the design, then like sky's the limit for um, what paperweights you want. If that's something you care about, then really the only option is to go with our 100 pound text weight because that at that point is completely opaque and you won't get that transparency effect. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> so the question then is also is you have a, a number of options for the finishes on your covers from matte lamin uh, lamination, gloss lamination, and also then matte, but then you also have like UV. So, so I'm assuming the UV is mainly, is that intended for things that are exposed to a lot of light that could fade over time? Is that the purpose of the UV? Yeah, so um, let's see here. Sorry, one second, let me <laughs> turn my phone off. Um, so in terms of the uh, lamination, so lamination is only something that can be applied to the coated papers for the, your cover type. Cannot be applied to uncoated because it, it in and of itself is a coating. So coatings go with coatings right. um, is kind of the rule. So laminations are not like your typical, like you walk into a kinder, kindergarten classroom and it's like dry erase laminations, nothing like that. Right. It's a very thin um, plastic coating that goes over the cover. Comes in three finishes, matte, gloss, and soft touch. So matte lamination is completely flat. It doesn't have any sort of sheen or shine to it, um, but because it's a coating that sits on top of the paper, it doesn't affect your color at all. So you're not going to run into the same like uncoated effect where it might dull your blacks or make things less saturated. It's just a coating that goes on top that can give you a certain look completely flat. Gloss lamination is the exact opposite. It's extremely shiny. Um, Personally, between the two of them, I always go with matte lamination. And that's mostly because the gloss lamination, you can see fingerprints and stuff over time. Right. Um, we, you don't get that same effect with matte lamination. And then soft touch looks like matte lamination in terms of it kind of looking flat, but it's physically soft to the touch. It feels similar to velvet. People either really love it or they really hate it. There is no in between. <laughs> it makes it makes an impression one way or another. Um, and so for UV matte and UV gloss, this is not a coating. This is a special ink that's applied to the paper. And it's used for two things, um, to help protect the paper against color changes with sunlight, but also it helps, um, you know, get that finish that you want. So you can print, you know, things on a gloss paper, but you, you kind of want, you know, that matte look, you can apply a UV matte to get that flatness that you're looking for, but still maintain the color of the gloss paper. It's kind of counterintuitive. Right. It doesn't have is the protection factor. So our all our laminations can prevent scuffing and scratching, and also ink transference. So sometimes, if you have like really busy covers or dark covers, specifically like dark blue, dark black, um, what can happen is if the book is handled a lot, if it's rubbed, 
Um, ink can transfer onto hands, onto objects. Um, so if, you know, and it also improves the longevity of the product, the laminations. So that's normally our recommendation for everyone is to get a lamination of some sort. Um, and then in terms of spot UV and matte lamb and spot UV. So spot UV is similar to the UV matte UV gloss, except it's high sheen. So it's extremely shiny. Um, it is another ink that's applied onto the um, paper and it's usually used in a way to highlight something on the cover. So we had a, um, a different zine that was being made for um, artists who reimagined movie covers like movie posters. And so their poster was people with, you know, the 3D red and blue glasses. Right. And so they use the spot UV to make just the glasses extremely shiny while having everything else be matte. So when you move the cover, you got this kind of shiny effect to it. So, so is, that thick, is that thicker? Because I know like some books have some sort of, uh, so is it just a shininess difference or is there a thickness difference? It's a shininess difference. Okay. The lamination itself will make the paper a bit stiffer because it is that kind of plastic coating. So you can go with a lower weight cover paper and add the lamination and still get the same kind of stiffness oh, okay. that you're looking for. Okay. So let's say I've, I've got my, my zine put together. Yeah, laid out my software. So I'm assuming that I would print it into a PDF and then yep. it gets uploaded to uh, up through the website. Is that how that works? Yep. Once you are ready with um, the zines that you want to purchase, um, you will add them to your cart and then it will take you to a confirmation page. You'll say, yes, proceed and upload files. And then I'll create a unique order number for you. Um, and you'll do everything in this order from uploading the artwork to filling out the information for billing and delivery um, to the payment. Um, everything will take place inside this order. And we prefer PDF files. And then um, obviously dependent on the artwork, we do provide um, some services to help you with bleed, but if you have the ability to add bleed yourself, that's what we prefer. And I'm assuming you're familiar with what bleed is or no? I am, but why don't you go ahead and explain for those sure. that may not. <laughs> sure. So in printing, if you have any artwork that's going to meet the edge of the page, we prefer that you have um, bleed, which is essentially you know, artwork that bleeds off the page. Um, it's a buffer area for our printers so that when they're cutting the paper, if the cutter moves ever so slightly, that you're not gonna see a difference because we have extra artwork that is going beyond the area that it's gonna get cut. So usually that area for us is just an eighth of an inch, very thin, you don't need much more than that. Um, and so if you're able to provide that, that's great. If not, we are able to help you through the website and you just have to let us know. That sounds good. So does the cover need to be uploaded separate or is the cover not need to be uploaded separate? In this case, it does not need to be. Um, the only time that it would be is if you ever get interested in hardcover books and that's a whole different ballgame. Um, <laughs> the only other thing that would need to be uploaded separately is if you do have too many pages and you need to go with the perfect bound, then you'll have a spine that you can upload separately. Um, and just for the sake of the uploader, it makes a lot more sense to provide it as a separate PDF file. Right, it makes sense. 
So is there, what are the normal hiccups that someone would have when they upload a PDF? Is there a common situation? I'm, I'm, you have heard different services, not necessarily uh, with, with uh, Mixum, but, um, but you know, we're, we're, things have been difficult to get lined up correctly. So is, what's the common problem that people face when uploading? Yeah, the common problems are not having bleed or not having enough bleed or bleed not being correct. <laughs> That's usually the main problem. And then the other problem is um, forgetting to convert your files prior to upload. So we get a lot of, you know, like online artists and things that make their art in RGB and then they upload it to the website and they're like, why does it look different? So our system will automatically convert all files that are uploaded to CMYK for you. But we recommend that you do it prior to that in case there's any you know, edits that you need to make once it's in the other color, color mode. Because um, otherwise you're just gonna rely on us to convert it for you, which usually is fine, but for some people it's not okay. So <laughs> that's right. very much it. Okay, and so then once it's uploaded, um, then usually what's the turnaround for, um, for the product we ship back? Yeah, so it depends on the number of copies. Um, and right now, because we're kind of coming out at the end of the holiday season, holiday rush, we've extended a lot of our production times as of now. But normally, in terms of zines, it can be anywhere from three to seven days, depending on the number of copies. And then after that, shipping time. Now, I'm not sure if anybody would want to, to, to use this this way, but I guess the question is, you also have, um, your company's also in England, right? Yes. So then it would, someone could, if they wanted to distribute in England, mm -hmm. have some of the file stuff printed in England as well as here? Yeah, so either myself or one of my colleagues in the UK are more than capable of taking your same order and replicating it into the UK or you know Australia if you really want to standards. Um, so we can do that through our website. So if anyone wanted to distribute in the UK and wanted to save a little bit on the shipping cost, that's def definitely something we can help you with. Okay. Do you, um, let's say you probably don't have any, and obviously all that material you're not gonna send to, like if I have a Kickstarter, I have like 100 people I need to fulfill, you're not gonna send an address to every one of those. It's gonna be one bulk about a material that's going to go, but do you do you know of any companies? Do you work with anybody that does any sort of order fulfillment? Yeah, so we are limited in what we can do in terms of mailing and fulfillment. Um, usually, it's around the five hundred to a thousand range. We can help you with mailing and fulfillment. We would go to one of our facilities and say, "Hey, we have this many of addresses," and they would calculate all the you know mailing and preparation costs for that. Otherwise, um, yes, it's usually either one address or up to 10. If you have multiple shipments, we can do multiple delivery locations through the website. It's usually around 10, um, 10 to 20, I wanna say different addresses. Um, and yeah, so we can definitely do that. Okay, so that's good to know. So if your Kickstarter, if your ZineQuest Kickstarter either does really poorly <laughs> Or does really well. <laughs> There's a possibility for fulfillment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're working on getting um, that up and running with some of my 
our other facilities, but otherwise, usually, um, if it's kind of in a strange sort of range for us, we'll normally go to a fulfillment house, um, which we work with on occasion. The one that we work with is in Indianapolis, I believe, and it's called Easy Mailing. Easy as in the letters. Okay. That's easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess the question is, is there anything that you would say that before people get, you know, I think we've mentioned a number of things as far as the uh, CYMK versus um, RGB. And we've also mentioned adding the bleed that the, the uh, eighth inch or if you're or 0.125, you're putting in a decimal. Yes. Um, is there anything else that you think people need to be aware of before they, they hit that final button to, to, to say, yes, I'm ready to go. The only other thing is that um, all dates on our website are estimated. So um, usually we're pretty good about staying uh, on those dates, but you know sometimes unpredictable things happen, like COVID outbreaks. So it's uh, it, take it with a grain of salt. We usually recommend ordering at least two weeks in advance of a intended due date whatever that may be. And that's usually plenty of time to make sure that there's enough production time and shipping time, um, which can also be affected by the ongoing pandemic. So just, you know, build in a lot more time than you need and you'll be perfectly fine. The other question I have is, let's say I've, I've got my zine completed, but I let's say I'm thinking um, that I may want to, I'm not sure exactly which options I want, like paperweight. So maybe I think I'm maybe torn between like say three or maybe four options. Mm -hmm. So would, so are samples handled differently? Would we need to call so they all get bundled together? How, or is it just, or do you just go through the website like normal and just make three or four orders? Yeah, so you can get like hard copy proofs or samples of your artwork. Um, you would go through the website using the instant quote calculator um, and you would just change the number of copies to one. You can actually select the number of copies and just like type in any number that you want. Um, some people see the drop down and get confused, but you can go in and edit it. And then if you want multiple kind of copies and you want to make sure that they're all shipped together in the same order, all you have to do is instead of, you know, you put in your one copy, all that, those specifications, there's a big button that says proceed and upload files. And then there's a little tiny button off to the side that says add additional items. You just go hit that and then it'll take you back to the instant quote calculator. You can make your changes, add it to your cart until you have all your samples there. And then that creates a multi-part order. So that's just multiple orders under one order number. And then they'll also be shipped together and you'll save on okay. shipping costs. Okay. That sounds great. Well, I think, uh, I think that's probably covers most everything. I can't think of any more questions. Uh, you've been very helpful, Sarah. And yeah. I appreciate no you taking the time <laughs> and going through this nonsense with me. So, uh, <laughs> No problem. We're here usually 24 hours. So if uh, you need to call you, or you can send us an email or you began your order, there's also a chat system um, in the ordering. So you can 24 hours. Yeah. 24 hours, seven days a week. Wow. <laughs> I'm not here the entire time. I work Monday through Friday, but, <laughs> <laughs> but somebody will be there at two o'clock um, on a Sunday night. Yes. That's usually our UK. Um, uh 
coworkers. So they, oh, they okay. help, so, yeah, help cover the different well, shifts. Oh, that works out. Actually, it works out. That works out really well. I didn't think about it that way. So, yeah. So I'm assuming you're because you're all using the same equipment and the same processes. It's uh, it all is the same. So essentially, yeah. okay. Well, thanks again for joining, Sarah. Yeah, no problem. And you <laughs> have a great luck. day. Oh, you're <laughs> you too. thank you. The drinking water fountain is in the center of the cabin. Cocktails and lunch will be served in one hour's time. In the meanwhile, we will be happy to serve you with drinks and cigarettes, which will be available in 10 minutes.